Welcome back to The Outright Effect, a podcast in which unique perspectives challenge us to be better versions of ourselves. We're two ambitious women who talk about how we like to stretch our creativity and work on self-growth to become better people. I'm Shelly. And I'm Tempsey. And today we wanted to talk a little bit more about building your business, how you interact with your and engage with your customers. We have been talking quite a bit about the entrepreneurial mindset lately. We've conducted a few interviews with some new and some more established uh, entrepreneurs, business owners. And we thought it might be a good idea or a good topic to talk a little bit about customer service or how you engage and build your business with your customers, your vendors, your partners, any collaborators that you might have, and how you kind of build a partnership or relationship with those folks and how you can continue to maintain them. Yes. And one of the things that we thought um, would be really good to start off with is sort of reflecting on how we, you know, first learned about customer service, what those experiences were for us back in the day. Um, Because ultimately, I think, you know, there's a different um, one, I think there's a different expectation set for someone who might be new, you know, like a teenager working a, uh, like a high schooler working a part time job or something like that, and how that's kind of like shaped us and helped us along to where we are today. So for myself, I would say, you know, I got my first job at the end of high school. And I honestly, and I was just telling Tempsey this, after being told for, you know, however long by our parents, right, like, don't talk to strangers. And suddenly, you're placed in this role where you are supposed to be approaching random people you don't know, and ask them if you can help them with something. So (laughs) that was actually quite a, you know, interesting experience for me. Although, you know, I would say today, I am probably a lot more outgoing. Back in the day, I was really only more outgoing with friends and people I knew really well, like classmates and stuff like that. So for me to approach like, you know, I I worked in a store um, for me to go around and ask customers like, do you need help finding something was like a very strange thing for me, especially if there was like a single other person around somewhere. Like I thought in my mind, I literally thought like, you know, if somebody really needed my help, they would ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so That's, that's so true. I, I, I have the same experience going to work in retail and having to engage with people and then being told to engage in a different way, you know, like taking more of an initiative to talk to people. It's, it's a completely different experience where, you know, you go up, somebody comes to you and asks you something and you give them the straight answer Mm -hmm. rather than actually engaging with them. And then you're taught, Hey, You can also say this and you can also upsell this or you can also, you know, point them in this direction or instead of saying no, say yes with something else. (laughs) You know, you start to learn all these little tricks of the trade and you start to gain a, a much better understanding. And it's kind of the difference between, you know, in one of the restaurants I worked at, they taught you because they were kind of a little bit more upscale, casual. And they said, instead of pointing or, you know, pointing or telling somebody where the bathroom is, guide them and take them all the way to the bathroom, either even if you're on the other side of the restaurant. And that's kind of the difference. If I could, let's like the best example I can think of is you're not just telling somebody where the bathroom is or pointing to it. Hey, it's down the hall in between those two doors on the right. You're actually showing them the way. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like what we're kind of talking about is you transition from don't talk to strangers <laughs> to being in a new job and then having to kind of like engage with somebody on a completely different level than you've ever done before. Right. And I think, you know, one, one of the reasons why I wanted to point out, you know, maybe being earlier on in having a job and these types of experiences is because I think, you know, where this conversation is going today is to that higher level, but we don't all start there, right? Like we start at some other place. I mean, I definitely had moments where I was just like, oh my goodness, I don't even want to talk to anybody today, but it's like part of my job. So I have to, you know, and um, I think that sometimes um, we all need to learn, like, what is that gray line or like that fine line in which like, we're following all of the things that are, you know, our manager, whoever is telling us to do, and then we're kind of like learning to improv in some ways, right. So I feel like, I mean, I guess an example that I'll share that I felt a little bit like, I don't really know, like, how this balancing act goes is when same thing, you know, like when I was working in the store, we were taught to like take the customer over to like, you know, whatever they're trying to find, they need help finding. But sometimes customers would be like, no, 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 I, I got it. You know, just tell me where it is. And I got it. And then, you know, the question to me at the time was like, well, how much do I stand here and argue, not argue, but like, how much do we go back and forth? No, I'll take you. No, I can find it. No, I'll take you. No, I can find it. Right. So, um, and, and clearly this was when I was like, you know, it was one of my first jobs, right? And I didn't know, like, how is that supposed to go? I have no idea, right? Um, and right. some people would give in, but other people would feel really bad. Like, I'm actually, like, catching you in the middle of something, right? And even if you're like, no, 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 it's okay. I can take you. It's totally fine. Some people just, you know, they kind of, maybe they want to, you know, go and get it on their own too. So right. at the end of the day, I think, you know, now, I mean, in the roles we have today, it's very different, Right. Um, I'm no longer working in a store environment, obviously, but um, and so there's no more back and forth about, you know, let me take you to it. No, it's okay. But, you know, I think in in the environment that I work in today and have been working in for a while where we're in the office, like we're okay with this, you know, like, oh, I'll take you. Okay, sure. You know, like we know at this point to in, in some ways kind of like go along with it or, you know, we, it's become right, right. And, and kind of like automatic and there is definitely a more natural flow, but I also think that, you know, at this point, you know, having, haven't been working for more than half my life at this point, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of other things that we know now um, from, you know, a customer service standpoint that we might want to suggest or throw in some other pieces of information that might be helpful and stuff like that. So it's definitely yeah. been like an evolution, I would say. Absolutely. And another thing I wanted to point out based on one of the things you said was, you know, it didn't matter how you were feeling that day, you still had to, even if you didn't feel like talking to people, you still had to come to work and talk to people, mm-hmm. right? And I had to learn that in the rest- restaurant industry, because people don't care like what's going on at home or outside of work. So as soon as you walk through that door, all business is show business, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like you have to be on your game because, you know, in in the restaurant industry, it's a little bit different because they give you feedback in the form of a tip. Right. And that's my, that was my livelihood. And so, but it taught me a really good lesson is like how you treat people is really important, Mm -hmm. not just for a tip, but in general, it's extremely important inside work, outside work, it doesn't matter. You should treat people well, no matter what's going on with you personally. Mm -hmm. You have people that you can confide in for that kind of stuff. (laughs) That's true. 
but don't take it out on people around you. Like when you go to a, a store or something, or when you go to work, like that's not fair. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to people who are just starting out or haven't learned these lessons that we've had the great opportunity of learning, for example, we went to our favorite Mexican restaurant out here. It's like a Tex-Mex place. The food is really delicious. It used to be much more consistent. Like that's the thing about restaurants. The most important thing is obviously the quality of the food, but also the consistency of the food. And I would say the third thing is the customer service, like the people who are serving you. And with this place, this person was, you know, a younger person, probably early in her career and just, you know, learning these lessons or starting to learn these lessons, right? Um, or hasn't yet, maybe. <laughs> she, was, she was not in the greatest of moods. And so she gave my husband quite a bit of attitude and she, you know, forgot something that he had ordered and left it on the griddle and it almost got like pretty much burnt, mm. you know, like to my standards, if I'm working in a restaurant, which I, I have for many years of my life, um, I would not, that, that wouldn't be up to my standards, but she conversed, my husband watched while they conversed about the food and said, Hey, it's fine. Right. What? <laughs> gave it to him anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So like, but the thing is my husband and I, my husband for sure has worked in the restaurant industry since he was young. Like most of his life, the majority of his life has been in the restaurant industry. So he like, he has a certain, a bit of an expectation, but at the same time, nobody wants a burnt quesadilla. Oh yeah. Nobody wants like, burnt nobody anything. Nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And on top of that, this place has been taking great precautions when it comes to COVID-19. And they have plexiglass up above where like the regular sneeze guard is. And they will all wear masks and it, you know, six feet apart and everything like that. But the problem is because they keep the music so loud, they can't hear the customers. Oh. So then they start to get frustrated. The customer starts to get frustrated. And so my husband brought it up to the manager and the manager was like, well, corporate told us we need to do that. So it's required. That's nuts. So this is, so, so the reason I bring this up is because I think it's important as um, we start to grow into having our own businesses to think about the outcome rather than just treating everybody the same or just, you know, treating the situation like these are the bureaucratic rules and I'm, I, can't, I have to follow them. You know, if you really care about your job and you care about what you're doing and you care about your customers and you want them to come back, you know, for whatever reason, whatever your incentive is, whether corporate said that or not, is somebody coming in every day and checking on you to make sure the music is, is so loud that nobody can hear anything? Like, is that really happening? Right. You know, if people, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a leader, if you're a manager and your people can't hear the customers, they're getting frustrated and the customers are getting frustrated. But did you want to do something about that regardless of, or, or talk to corporate about it? Right. No, this person really just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like say like, Hey, you know, like we've been noticing that this is something that's been coming up a lot. And I think it would just help a lot of us, you know, everyone really, right. If we could just turn it down yeah. a little bit because people are getting upset and you know, whatever else the case might be. But I mean, that seems like a very, very simple potential solution. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd say that like those two examples at the same place are examples of folks who are kind of transitioning or maybe learning about the customer service experience. They're not owners. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they may not have a vested interest in, in the success of the company maybe. Right. 
So I've also had an experience that I wanted to share that maybe, you know, I, I think um, there are a lot of takeaways for, you know, both me and, you know, the other, the other party that I was working with. But um, this is an example where, you know, it's not just truly transactional. Like, you know, I wasn't going into a store and purchasing an item or like, you know, ordering food from somewhere, but this would have been potentially a more, um, contract type situation where I was the customer and you know honestly I felt like there was more information that would have been helpful for me to know up front um, to make my decision to know if I wanted to move forward or not or like make any changes to the situation so this you know what I'm talking about here is more of like a you know like a vendor sort of scenario um, where I think it's right. really important for vendors to let customers know like expectations, whether that be like costs or the services that are going to be provided. Like what are all of the different things that lead up to like what you will end up charging your customer, you know, in the end. And I guess, you know, another, another like similar scenario might be like construction, right? So, I mean, I am definitely not really worked with, but I've had like, you know, small things done on my home where, you know, they tell me, right. They tell me like, Hey, Shelly, you want to do this and that, well, I'm going to have to buy these few things. So it's probably going to cost about this much. The work is going to take me a few hours, you know, five hours or whatever the case might be. If I run into issues, I'll let mm -hmm. you know. Right. So I think, you know, that kind of scenario is probably the best way to go about it because then I know what to expect the potential cost might be. Right. And like, I know what kind of services right. are going to be provided, what kind of work is going to be done. And so, you know, I've had a situation come up recently where it was very opposite from that. <laughs> um, I actually didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of the cost until the very end. And then, you know, I really felt like there was no way for me to back out of it after, you know, I found out what that might be. But, you know, there was also, you know, a lot, uh, quite a few gaps, you know, in my, in my opinion here, um, where I was just kind of surprised, you know, I kind of feel like consultations should be probably longer than short 20 minute conversations, you know, um, seemingly casual. I think there needs to be like some formality there, whether that be someone that you, you know, or you don't know. Right. And I was actually just talking with somebody right. about this um, in sort of like a real estate situation, because eventually something that I'd like to do is move, move out of my current home and like, you know, some, some like move into a larger place. Right. And sure. so, you know, I, I would say that, you know, here in Hawaii, a lot of it is like, well, I have a friend or I have a, you know, a cousin or like someone that I know. And my concern mm -hmm. is like, OK, well, it might be someone, you know, someone knows someone but what, I don't know that person and how do they, like, what is their perception of friendships when it comes to these type of arrangements, right? Like, well, they think like, oh, I know right. Shelly, so I don't have to do X, Y, and Z, right? Like she, she can probably like, that's fine. She'll be okay with it. Like, do they think about that kind of stuff? Right. And, um, you know, that, that's just something that had crossed my mind because, you know, I think that sometimes those things come to our minds, but I don't think it's like maybe the best way to go about things all the time because it could lead to like misunderstandings or maybe even like potential disappointments. Right. So someone had right. mentioned to me like, Oh, I know someone. And I said, well, I want them to treat me like a complete stranger and try to win me over. Can they do that? That's <laughs> really what I asked because you know, like I, like to me, it's like, if I'm going to be moving into a bigger place, that's probably going to cost more. This person is going to earn more commission right? Like shouldn't be working harder for that is my, is my opinion. 
right? So the so same thing goes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that, you know, if if you just happen to know someone, then now it's okay to cut corners because it's a friend of a friend. Like, I don't think that, you know, it's best practice to have that come to mind. Like, I think we should all go in treating our customers with like the highest level of, you know, customer service and making sure that everyone is happy in the end. I think, you know, to me, that's kind of like the most important thing. Yeah, clarity mm-hmm. is key, mm-hmm. right? All expectations should be out on yep. the table from both sides. And we all got to be super clear about what the process is, like you said, with the construction example, um, what everything entails. And if there are any issues, this is how we're right. going to handle mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that comes yeah. with like, well, what, what also comes up if, you know, like, let's say I didn't like something, right? So let's say I was getting something repainted. What What happens when I don't like it? Like, you know, I think, I think in those kinds of situations, it's good to let your customer know what's going to happen if it has to, if the work has to be redone or tweaked, do they, you know, charge the same rate or is it going to be done complimentary because, oh, whoops, you know, it's our bad or whatever, you know, whatever the case might be. I think some, some of that dialogue is really important too. Yeah. And then if some of those things don't go well, like things aren't so clear from the beginning and somebody's surprised by something at the end, how do you handle that? Do you just say, well, too bad? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that handled? In my opinion, if you're a business and your goal is to support your customers, then you might want to think about that situation and what the outcome might be if you don't kind of bend a right. little. It's not to say that you didn't do a good job or that the product isn't good enough, but if the customer is unhappy and hopefully they'll buy things from you in the future then maybe kind of bending a little and treating the situation as its own is more important than getting what you expected from it, even though, yeah, yeah, even though, you you know, you may not have been as clear from the beginning. If you, if you don't remember, then you probably weren't as clear from the beginning and you have to decide, am I just going to stand my ground for the principle of it? Or am I going to look at this as an opportunity for future a long-standing reoccurring right and I think it's important to to also kind of like feel the situation out because you know in a situation where somebody may have been like surprised or you know the expectations weren't properly set or you know both parties weren't on the same page I think that level of someone being surprised could or should sort of play into what someone's going to do about it Right. So like, let's say if someone was just like, oh, really, that's what it is. Oh, that's fine. Then it's probably fine. But if someone was like, what? Like, I had no idea. Like, you should probably (laughs) handle that situation a little bit differently. Right. Exactly. You know, it's funny because this something kind of similar happened to us. Um, We when we moved to Vegas, we had to get a new bank because the bank that we are currently uh, members of is only in Hawaii. And so uh, this is like a very well-known bank in the mainland and they have certain incentives. If you sign up for this, you get like cash back, whatever the case might be. And we're, you know, we're kind of, we look out for those kinds of things. But in this case, the personal banker, my husband had asked him about this type of thing and the personal banker was like, yeah, you can get this amount of money back if you do this, this, and this. So my husband spent the time, he did this, this, and this, and he went back and they said, oh, well, where's your code? And he goes, what code? 
<laughs> and they were like, you can't get this unless you have a code. And he goes, nobody told me about a code. My personal banker said I had to do this, this, and this. I spent time out of my day, valuable time that I could have been spending doing other things. And I did everything that I was asked to do. And so I feel like I should be getting what I was promised. And their bureaucracy and rules, which I get it, it's a bank, totally get it. There's rules and regulations, 100% understand. But this isn't like a federal rule and regulation. This is this bank's rules and regulations. Like they have the power. And so, you know, we didn't get the, the bonus. And my husband was furious because he specifically asked, do you have bonuses? What do I need to get? What do I need to do to make sure that I get this bonus? Because it's free money, basically, you know, and I'm going to be working with you guys for a long time. And I anticipate that I'll be doing a lot of business with you. So, you know, like, why didn't you tell me there was a code? So he, he talked to the personal banker. He talked to the leadership at this bank and they would not give in. And I just was shocked. So I went in and talked to the personal banker and said, look, my goal is to make sure that you and I and my husband have a good relationship because we anticipate or hope to do a lot of business with you folks. But my husband is not going to stay with a, a company who, you know, kind of misled us in a, in a way by not giving us all of the information. And we spent the time to do something and then they didn't follow through on their end of the deal. Like I just, that doesn't make any sense. And again, my goal is to make sure that we all have a good relationship so that we can continue doing good business moving forward. And they just would not give in. And he said, I'm not supposed to tell people there's a code. And like we get audited to make sure we don't have codes like sitting around so that we're not giving them out. And I was like, okay, but he asked you what he needed and you told him and he spent the time to do it. So whether you're allowed to give a code or not, you just made him do mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff for nothing. You know what I mean? And so when I went to, you know, set up my business account, he's like, oh, do you have a code? <laughs> I was like, no, but let me look for one right. <laughs> because I wanted to make sure, you know, I got the bonus this time. And I think he did that because mm -hmm. he felt bad. Like he felt bad that this whole situation went down and he's not normally supposed to ask that. But, you know, I think in his mind, he's like, you know, they should probably get it. So I'm just going to give them this and, and hopefully we can kind of like water under the bridge type of thing. So, but you know, I think the point here is that bureaucracy and sticking to your your rules isn't always the best when you're looking for a good outcome and, and like good word of mouth for one customer to give a recommendation to one of their friends or whatever the case might be. Like, uh, I, I just got the feeling that they didn't mm -hmm. care as much. Yeah, if that makes sense. And I don't think that they just don't care. I think their hands were tied until it went all the way up to leadership and they like the higher level leadership and they said no. And it wasn't like we're saying, oh, you're going to lose our business. So you're like, we know that that's not mm -hmm. going to hurt them. <laughs> they bank for, you know, very high end people. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, wouldn't you want to keep your customers and, and have them tell other people about the service that you have. Like that's what boggles right. my mind. Yeah. I think, well, maybe here's a, here's a thought. I think that, you know, sometimes, and, and this is where it's hard. I feel like some organizations, possibly ones that are larger in size, maybe have to look at customer service training in a different kind of way. 
Right. Because I think, you know, and, and a lot of times larger organizations are often telling their employees what they cannot do. This is not allowed. We can't do that. You know, instead of right. like, here are other options you can offer up to a customer instead. <laughs> or. Yeah. Right, like say no right. by saying and yes. So, right. I think another good example is Shelly and I have worked with two different mm-hmm. podcasting apps. And one has been not so great when it comes to customer service, not really responsive and their, their website or their application is not as intuitive and straightforward. And then we worked in, with another one that, ha- that was better when it came to customer service and their app was more simplistic and way more intuitive, almost yeah. too simplistic. We were questioning, <laughs> we were questioning ourselves cases. as we were using it. Like, is that right? Uh, it can't be that easy, right? And then what I really appreciated about right. them is, and, and it's a platform that we're currently using, they actually have a really quick response time if you're sending questions that you can't find on their like FAQ page. So like so far, I've submitted about like three or so questions, I think that I couldn't find any other resources online, or we were wondering about something really specific. Um, and they got back within like a 24 hour period, which to me is just surprising, because I can't imagine this is like, a small platform nobody uses, right? So there's someone who has all the time right. in the world, like, I'm quite sure they're, they should be pretty busy, you know, so I was, I was impressed with the, um, yeah, the response time and how that how quickly someone got back to us with, you know, the questions that we had. Um, so I would say, you know, that's where, that's where I felt like it was, it was pretty good, you know, like people were thorough with their answers and they got back to us quickly so that we could be like, okay, and move on instead of thinking like, do we need to follow up? Did they reply? <laughs> and there have been a couple of companies, a couple other companies that just do it so well. One of them I have an example for is Um, a Hawaii-based clothing designer. And I had purchased something from them. You know, Hawaii-based clothing designers, some of them are are pretty pricey. And so if you want something, like for me anyways, I I really got to want it to spend the money on it. And I purchased something and it it didn't fit well. It was like too short in the length um, from my shoulders to um, my pelvic area. And so I, at the time, I had mailed it to... Vegas because I, I was going to be moving to Vegas very soon and I wanted it to be here so they didn't have to pack it. And in that time, I finally tried it on after it had already been here for like a couple of weeks and it, it was too, mm-hmm. I found it, I figured out it was too short. And so I was like, okay, I'll just have to like talk to them later and see what I can do because I'm too busy moving. So another couple of weeks went by, I think like a whole month and a half had gone by and I finally reached out to them And they said, you know, typically our return policy is, you know, within two weeks, but I understand, you know, because I told her I was moving and all that. And she said, I understand that moving can be difficult. So as long as you haven't washed it or taken the tags off, we'll be happy to exchange it for you. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really sweet. They can't pay for shipping, which would have been awesome. So (laughs) I had to pay to ship it back. But either way, it was like, okay, thank you for considering all the facts and not just treating me like a cog in the wheel or just like right. somebody random, right? Like they care about their customers enough to hear you out. But if you've already worn it and washed it, they can't resell it. So it makes it kind of difficult for a smaller business who's working from the ground up to try to make mm-hmm, that happen mm-hmm. for you if they can't resell it. Right. It's like right. a much bigger loss to them. So I was impressed by that. And I, I felt 
that they had really considered my situation and what I had been going through and that I wasn't going to, there was no chance I was going to be able to get it taken care of. Them yeah. And so speaking of some other like great, like return experiences, um, if you follow me on YouTube, you probably <laughs> can guess what store I'm talking about, but it is like a national chain department store. I have quite a few videos where I talk <laughs> about their stuff, but um, you know, I'd gotten a pair of shoes. Um, they're like Kohan shoes, you know, pretty nice, right? Flats that I was wearing to work. And something on the inside, like the insole thing, like came out, like it just stopped sticking to like the inside of the shoe. And so I was like, Hey, you know what? Like, I really like these shoes. Maybe there's a way I can get these fixed. Like, that's really all I was looking for. Like, how do I fix these shoes? So I took it into the store, you know, here at the mall and I showed it to them and I was like, Hey, you know, I got these shoes, like probably less than a year ago. I want to say like six to nine months and this piece came out and it's not, you know, I, I can't figure out how to like get it to stay in there. It looks like it literally like tore out of it somehow. I, I haven't been doing anything crazy with these shoes, but like, yeah, no, I haven't been running <laughs> haven't marathons. Been running I've marathons never run a marathon in my life. <laughs> and I just asked them like, how, like, can I fix them? I was, I was literally thinking like, this is a loss already, right? Like whatever, like these shoes just didn't make it like, oh, well, I guess I might just have to, you know, invest in another pair of shoes for work or or find something else or wear one of the other shoes I already own. But, um, you know, I just kind of asked them like, can I fix these? Like, what can I do? And they took a look at it and they're like, "Mm, I don't, I actually don't think this is right. We'll find, and they basically found a comparable style, same price, you know, that I paid originally. And I walked out the door with a new pair of shoes, like brand new pair of shoes. Um, I didn't have to pay for anything. They just took it as like an exchange. And this had happened, you know, another time to me as well. You know, I know that sometimes there are people out there who are taking advantage of the situation. Like, hey, hey, I know that this company will return anything that you bring in, even if it's been used. I'm just going to return it and say something's wrong. And (laughs) no joke, the sales associates probably like, are you crazy? You've worn this for like 10 years, right? (laughs) But, you know, for me, I literally was like, I want to fix these. And I had another pair of shoes where like something came apart it's almost like your shoe is talking. I have no other way to describe it than that, but it looks like your shoe's talking, right? And I went in yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, how do I fix this? Like, can I glue it? Like, what's going on? How is it going to stay? And they're like, hey, you know what? We'll take it in, in, in the back and see if we can glue it right now. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll wait out here. So they tried it, but it, the glue just wasn't sticking. I don't know if it's like the curve of the bottom of the shoe or whatever that just wouldn't let it stay. But they're like, you know what? Like, hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I, I mm-hmm. those were also shoes I hadn't worn very much, <laughs> to be honest. And I had them for like a couple of months. And I was like, <laughs> why is this happening? Um, you know, I, I just want to get them fixed. I'm totally fine with keeping the pair that I have. I just want to wear them longer. Like, how do I get how do I get that to happen? Right. And same thing, we were like, hey, you know what? We we have one more in stock. Um, we can swap the one that you have out for a brand new pair. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like at this point, I'm almost like, I feel like I should just get rid of the shoes that are breaking because I feel bad that they just keep switching them out for new ones for me. But, um, you know, I feel like, like right. that's a great thing. Like I wasn't going in expecting, I wasn't going in demanding something from them, right? It was just like, so happened to be like the positive outcome that came out of me just honestly being like, hey, like something is wrong with this and I just want to get it fixed. Like, how can I do that? Um, and yeah, they're able to solve my problems. Right. So I was super happy about that. But, you know, those are, those are some good um, experiences that I've had. 
So there's another company that I wanted to mention where I had a positive customer service experience. And this is like, I think it's a smaller company. I know they're newer, maybe only been in business for like two or three years or so, but they sell like more, they have like a eco-friendly, like sustainable, you know, mission with their company. And they sell a lot of like cleaning supplies and hand soaps and things like that. So this company is called Blue Land. And something that I thought was so great is I had ordered something on their website and I got the tracking number and the confirmation and all of that stuff. And so somewhere along the way, because I'm, I'm that person who tracks the packages, like, where is this thing I want it? Right. So somewhere along the way, it like, I don't know, <laughs> fell into the matrix. I don't know where it went. Um, it just didn't, it didn't make it here and it stopped, it stopped its journey. So I'm like, and it stayed like that for a few days, maybe about a week. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, you know, I know I ordered this product from you. Here's my order number. Here's a tracking number. And I don't like, honestly, I don't know what happened to it. Like it just kind of stopped. Like it didn't, it didn't make it here and I don't know where it is. And immediately they just like, they're like, we got it and mm -hmm. like sent another one out the next day. Um, and that one came within like, you know, three, three to five days later, like just like the shipping said. <laughs> So I thought, you know, that was really great that they recognized the situation and did something about it really quickly. Like, you know, I provided them with all the information, like my order number and the tracking number so that they could see that the package stopped somewhere. And, you know, in my opinion, that's something that they should be addressing with whatever, you know, mail delivery service they're choosing to use, right? Because clearly there's an issue. Um, so, right. Yeah, I just wanted to mention mm -hmm. that I thought that was really great of them that they, you know, recognized it, reached out to the mail carrier and tried to see, you know, what the issue was. But also at the same time, while they're doing that research, you know, noticing that it's really not going anywhere. Like we should send this girl <laughs> her item so that she could have it and, you know, use it. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really great. Right. I have something similar. Um, this was headphones, Bose headphones. I had ordered that I had purchased them and then within less than a year they started malfunctioning like I couldn't hear anything out of one side of these headphones or like Bluetooth headphones and I went on their website I'm sorry the first time this happened I went to their store here in Vegas because we were in Vegas at the time and my mom's husband had just bought like a 400 pair 400 pair of headphones and so I I told the guy like I almost left because, you know, my son was like getting tired and stuff. And then I was like, wait, let me just go ask. Can you guys watch him real fast? And sure enough, I was like, hey, you know, these aren't working anymore. Da, da, da. He's like, here, here's a new pair. Just give me those ones. I'll, I'll switch it out because they, I guess they have like a year warranty policy. And so he's like, I was like, okay, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, that guy just bought a $400 set of headphones. Like, don't worry about it. So I was like, okay, great. Like maybe that just put them over their, their projected earnings that day or something like that. So he just switched it out for me real fast. And then I bought another pair like later on and they went out as well. And so I went on their website and they were like, okay, like you've troubleshot it or whatever. Here is a number like a packaging slip, take it to UPS. I took it there. They just scanned it and took my headphones, wrapped it up for me and sent it off. And I had a new pair within a week. And I was just like, that's amazing. Like they, mm -hmm. they are so proud of their product and take so much pride in it. And, and you as a patron, right? Because if you buy a pair of headphones, they probably last you, last you a while. The frequency at which you're <laughs> buying headphones 
for most people, if you're buying like expensive headphones, not everybody, I know some people <laughs> go through headphones like crazy, but typically if you're buying expensive ones and you take care of them, the likelihood of you buying more, right. you know, the frequency is very low. So I'm sure that's probably like their goal is like, we know you're spending a lot. We want to make sure you have a right. good experience. Right. We, want, we want you to be a customer for life, you know, stick with Bose. Don't go to like one of the other competitors <laughs> to stick with us. And for me, like, I will stick with them because they have taken care of me over the years. You know, it's expensive, but it's totally worth it. And the same thing happened with me with Fitbit. When I got my first Fitbit, after a while, it stopped charging. So we did some troubleshooting really quickly via email. Like it was only over email. And then they were like, okay, well, it's not working. So, you know, here's a packing slip, send it to us. And I got a new one within a week. And I'm just like, that's Mm -hmm. so amazing. They care. You know, like they care about their customers. They know that the product could could technically malfunction. Obviously, they've had some experience with that. Not everything is going to work perfectly all the time. We're going to take care of our customers. Oh, yeah. Because there's competing Absolutely. products out there. Actually, right? you know, like, it's funny because um, I was just thinking about that, too, where like, yeah, I think some of these companies out there really have that thought in their mind about being like a lifelong right? Supporter of their brand and taking pride in their product and their brand. Like, I mean, Bose is known for having like great quality headphones and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, they don't want that to be like tarnished in any way, right? Like they don't want anything to say otherwise. And so I totally understand that one. Actually, you know, on the flip side, I had, um, I had purchased a Black Friday sale item that, um, pretty pricey. It was like a hundred dollars off. That's really the only reason why I bought it during this time. And I still haven't gotten it. And today is December 27th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had ordered this item. Um, <laughs> it was getting delivered to my PO box, but nowhere on the website said that they don't ship to PO boxes. Thank you very much. Um, so it, tried to, I mean, I guess whoever FedEx, I don't know, whoever (laughs) tried to deliver the item, they're like, we don't deliver to peel boxes. So it went straight back to the warehouse. And I did not know that this was happening at all. I thought like, it's Black Friday, it's really busy. Everyone's making online sales right now. You know, Cyber Monday is like two days later, right? So it's probably just like, a whole lot of mail that needs to get delivered. So that's why it's taking so long. But then I thought like, it is kind of taking a while. So I went on to like check the tracking. And that's when I found out it turned around and went back to where it came from. <laughs> like there was no other way for me to know that. And I was oh like, my Oh God. my God, like I want that thing. Like they're probably going to be sold out. now. <laughs> and so it was just tough to get in touch with them through customer oh. service. Their customer service line was like, you know, it told you like, press one for blah, blah, blah. But then when you press one, it just continued press two for press three for this. And I'm like, wait, so this thing doesn't even work. I can press the number and it won't even take me there. Oh my God. So I went on their online chat and I waited. I was like, it said you, you have 99 plus people in front of you. And I was like, whatever, I really want this thing. It's $300. So I waited. But when it got to me, I waited until it went all the way down until it was my turn. It kicked me out. Like I didn't even get to talk to anybody. <laughs> I was like, what in no the way. world? So another day, you know, I tried <gasps> again. 
I finally got to chat with somebody. I gave them my order number and I said, Hey, I honestly, I did not know that you didn't like it said nowhere that, you know, I could clearly see that you do not ship to PO boxes. Um, I can give you another address to send this to. And whoever I was chatting with said, Oh yep, sure. Like we can have one sent out for you. You'll get another email with a shipping confirmation. Well, you know, a few days later here, I'm waiting for that email so I can like watch my package again. Right. And I never got that email. And then, so I went on the chat again <laughs> a third time and same thing, gave them the order number. Like finally somebody's here and they're not kicking me out of the chat. Thank goodness. And so, um, yeah, I'd said like, Hey, you know, I was chatting with somebody a few days ago. Here's my order number. They're supposed to send something out to me. And the rep said they didn't complete the, the reorder. Like they didn't complete the process to ship it out to you again, but I'll do it for you right now. And I just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> waited uh, and then I, I i was on the chat with him until i got the confirmation email like your order is being replaced blah 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 and so anyways i'm supposed to be getting it in a couple days <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh she started mm -hmm. this <laughs> during black friday holy cow you know it's so funny that you say that because i am in the market for a stationary bike it is too cold mm -hmm. during the winter mm -hmm. out here to go on walks early in the morning like i used to do in hawaii so i'm looking to get a stationary bike and i was looking at reviews for two different bikes one of them has good reviews but <laughs> says that their their customer support is terrible the other one has great reviews as well and there it mm -hmm. said that um like a couple of them said like on the down down pedal or the downturn it eventually starts clicking but the customer support is so great oh <laughs> they'll just send you a new bike and, and you don't even have to return the other one so I'm like okay well what do I do because this bike doesn't seem to have very many issues but it does have a label on it. this is like something may cause cancer and then this other bike yeah it was really weird like there's this label on there about I'm cancer I can't remember exactly what it says but it's something about it causing cancer yeah. So I was like, and a lot of people put that picture, like they, they downgraded it a star, even though it works really well and it's good for short people and like all this different stuff. Like they're like, but this really throws me off. I'm like, yeah, that would throw me off too. And then like, if it breaks, which didn't seem like it broke very often, I only read one review where something was wrong. The customer service is terrible, but then you have this other bike where the customer service is great, but it's highly likely that this issue might come up. And I'm kind of like wavering on the side of the good customer service because nobody wants to go through that, even though the bike isn't going to be 100%, 100% of the time. If it has a little bit of a click <laughs> and it still works, like I'm kind of willing to accept that. <laughs> I'm almost, you know, like there are other bikes out there. I'm going to continue doing research. But I think that it's my point is, is that if there's terrible customer service and you're going to spend so much time out of your busy day mm -hmm. and like stress out about it because or get frustrated right, about right, it. Right then maybe just go with the one that clicks a little. <laughs> I don't know, you know? But anyway, I, I just think the point is that that's how powerful customer service is and how you interact and treat your, your customers. Um, that's just how powerful it is. And I hope that if at one point, you know, at some point I have my own business and I have customers, then I hope that I will make the right mm -hmm. decisions for those customers to keep them lifelong customers. And I also hope that I will think outside of the box in terms of how I serve them. Because 
I know Amazon doesn't need any more publicity than it already has. It's already basically like almost a monopoly <laughs> when it comes to customer service. I know technically not, but a lot of people are trying to, you know, get to the status of Amazon and mm-hmm. I get it. It's already popular enough, but they're popular for a reason. Like the convenience of this app or this company is beyond measure. Like it's beyond anybody else that I've ever seen. And I know people are competing for it, but the fact that they thought, let me partner with a- another retailer that has boots on the ground in most, in a lot of mainland cities, it's called Kohl's. I'm not sure if anybody, um, I know we don't have one in Hawaii, but in the mainland, there are plenty of Kohl's and they put a station inside of Kohl's where you could drop off your packages without having to go to the post office. And so they'll just give you a QR code. It's right on your phone. You can take a screenshot of it. You go to the back of Kohl's. They have this little Amazon counter. They scan your QR code. They take your package and you're done. Like that's it. No post office, no printing out anything. Like they're making it as convenient as possible mm-hmm. for you to be able to return something. How is, how is that? <laughs> Who thought of that? Because I just want to like send them a thank you email. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hug them, but I'm like, this is not the time to be hugging people. We'll appreciate so I'm just going to send too. you a socially distant <laughs> thank you. We appreciate that but too. You know what I mean? The consideration What's that? Socially distant. And let me just send you an email. Right, exactly. I'm sure they do. But I just hope that, you know, as a business owner, if I'm selling a product or a service, I hope that I have, you know, the foresight to say, I'm going to do everything I can to make this as easy as possible on my customers, even the difficult customers. Like there are difficult, I've worked in the restaurant for seven years of my life. I know there are difficult Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. out there, but the compassion is what needs to come first because the outcome of what you're looking for is for customers for life. If you want to be a successful business. So we just wanted to kind of talk about this a little bit. We want to for ourselves consider or evaluate or, or just give advice to people out there who do own businesses, whether you're just starting out, or you're established, have you considered this lately? Like, have you thought about your return policies, your customer service, um, how you interact with your customers and engage with them? Have you thought about that lately? Because I hope that it, when I have a business, mm-hmm. I will reevaluate those things regularly. It's important, right? Because you can get kind of stuck in what, you know, what know. has been more, most comfortable for yeah. you, but times mm-hmm. change so quickly now. You got to reevaluate right. a lot of things, but customer service has got to be one of them, right? Another thing I wanted to point out is that we've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple entrepreneurs on our show here, and there has been some consistency in some of the things that they've given in terms of tips. And one of them is listening to your customer, not just in what you're offering and how, but how you can make their experience better, whether that's their shopping experience their returning experience, um, yeah. whatever and the I case might be like, I think it's really important to, to also customers. be open to receiving and that so, information because we did also do a recent um, episode where I talked about, you know, someone asking me for feedback, me giving it to them and them going dark. So, you know, it's where the question comes. It's like, what kind of was the point of asking for that? Right. Right. Like if nothing was going to be done, not even a response. I mean, it it was just surprising. Right. So I think it's really important for, um, you know, all of us out there to consider when we ask for feedback from others to, you know, we, I mean, we don't have to do everything other people are telling us to do. Right. But to just accept it and be like, okay, I mean, that's, it's good to know. 
and address it. It's okay to address it. Have a conversation. That's all. I think, um, you know, in, in whole, in general, at the end of the day, what outcomes are you looking to achieve as a business? Uh, remember that customers aren't cogs in a wheel. They're not numbers. No situation is the same. You have to treat every situation differently because that's just how it is. Well, that's all we have for this yep. episode in talking about customer service. Let us know about some experience that you've had in the past, whether that be good, bad, or if you have any tips, maybe maybe you're a business owner that's been implementing some really great ideas within your business as it relates to customers. But thanks for listening to this episode of The Outright Effect. You can find us at theoutrighteffect.com. Follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at The Outright Effect. You can also reach out by emailing us at theoutrighteffect at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.